Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. If you'd like to find out what it was like in early colonial America, just go to Boston. Get on its Freedom Trail, and at the end of it, you'll be on Pier 1 in the Navy Yard, and there you'll find the USS Constitution. It's the oldest military warship in the world that's still commissioned by our Navy. Go right on board. It's a free tour. The ship is manned by 60 genuine officers and enlisted men of the Navy, and they'll show you what it was like for a sailor way back when. The U.S. Constitution was christened and given its name by President George Washington in 1797. We were a brand new country and did not have a real navy to speak of. The U.S. Constitution was the third of six heavy frigates designed and to be built by Congress. Congress decided it was going to do it right, and they ordered these six frigates to be larger and heavier than any other frigates out there. The U.S. Constitution was 204 feet long and displaced 1,500 tons. It was designed for 44 guns and to be manned by 475 sailors. One reason it was so heavy was because of the unique multiple layers of white oak used for its hull. It was up to 18 inches thick. <laughs> Where it counts, only oak was used in its hull construction. Either the short, stubby live oak that was used for bracing, or the tall, straight-grained white oak used for both the inside and outside of the hull. During the battle with the British warship Guerriere, sailors actually saw some of the round shot from the Guerriere bounce off the U.S. Constitution's hull. One sailor shouted, Her sides are made of iron! <laughs> and the name stuck. In another action, this time with two British warships, the Cyan and the Levant, after those two ships struck their colors, the crew of the U.S. Constitution counted 12 32-pound cannonballs embedded in her hull. None had penetrated through, <laughs> and with that, the nickname Old Ironsides was celebrated all over America. After that engagement, the British Admiralty forbid any of their warships <laughs> to engage any of our USS Constitution-class frigates unless they were in a squad or they were in a British ship of the line. Now, a British ship of the line was much, much larger. Typically, they'd have 74 guns, but in some cases, even more than that. For instance, the HMS Liberty, that's the ship that Admiral Nelson used in the famous Battle of Trafalgar. It was a 100-gun ship of the line. Some of the French ships she was fighting in that battle had even more, 110 guns. Now, during the colonial period, while the United States was still actually owned by Britain, troubles with the Barbary states they were suppressed by the British payment of tribute to ensure that American merchant ships were not harassed and seized just like British ships. But in 1801, uh, Yusuf Karamanli of Tripoli was dissatisfied with the amount of tribute he was receiving in comparison to Algiers, and he demanded an immediate payment of $250,000, equal to over $3.5 in today's money. In response, Thomas Jefferson, oh, bless his heart, <sighs> and I would that we had such men at our helm today. Anyway, he stopped all payments and sent a squadron of frigates to protect American merchant ships in the Mediterranean and to pursue peace with the Barbary states. Now, the first squadron, under the command of Richard Dale, to, to go to the Barbary states, they, they did so poorly that he was recalled and subsequently dismissed from the Navy in 1803. But then Captain Edward Preble, he recommissioned the Constitution on the 13th of May, 1803, as his flagship and made preparations to command a new squadron for the third blockade attempt. 
the copper sheathing on the Constitution Hall needed to be replaced. Paul Revere supplied the copper sheets necessary for the job. Constitution departed Boston on 14th of August, <laughs> and 6th September near the Rock of Gibraltar, she encountered an unknown ship in the darkness. The Constitution went to general quarters, then ran alongside of her. Preble hailed the unknown ship, only to receive a hail in return. After identifying his ship as the United States Frigate Constitution, he received the same question again. <laughs> Preble, losing his patience, said, I am now going to hail you for the last time. If a proper answer is not returned, I will fire a shot into you. The stranger returned, If you give me a shot, I'll give you a broadside. <laughs> Asking once more, Preble demanded an answer to which he received, this is His Britannic Majesty's ship Donegal, 84 guns, Sir Richard Strachan, an English Commodore. Now send your boat on board, <laughs> which meant to send over a boat to the British ship. Preble was now devoid of all patience, and he exclaimed, This is the United States ship Constitution, 44 guns, Edward Preble, an American Commodore, who will be damned before he sends his boat on board any vessel. And then to his gun crews he said, Blow your matches, boys! <laughs> well, now, that meant to make sure they're burning bright and ready for battle. <laughs> Before the incident escalated further, a boat arrived quickly from the other ship, and a British lieutenant relayed his captain's apologies. The ship was, in fact, not the Donegal, <laughs> but instead HMS Maidstone, a 32-gun frigate. Constitution has come along her so quietly that Maidstone had delayed answering with the proper hail while she readied her guns. This act became the strong allegiance between Preble and the officers under his command, known as Preble's boys. As he had shown, he was willing to defy a presumed ship of the line. Eighty-four guns? Mm, I imagine so. Wow. Okay, now the biggest fight between the Constitution and the Guerriere. Now, the Guerriere opened fire upon entering range of the Constitution. <laughs> Didn't do any damage. After a few engages of cannon fire between the ships, Captain Hull, now that's our captain, Constitution, maneuvered into an advantageous position and brought Constitution to within 25 yards of Guerriere. That's 80 feet. And then ordered a full double-loaded broadside of grape and round shot, which took out the Guerriere's mizzenmast, and with her mizzenmast dragging in the water, Guerrier's maneuverability decreased, and she collided with the Constitution, her bowsprit becoming entangled in Constitution's mizzen rigging. This left only Guerrier's bow guns capable of effective fire. <laughs> Hull's cabin caught fire, but the fire was quickly extinguished. When the ships were locked together, both captains ordered bordering parties to action. But the sea was so rough that they couldn't do it. Neither party. They couldn't get aboard the other ship. <laughs> But at one point, the two ships rotated together counterclockwise, the Constitution continuing to fire broadsides, just taking that British ship apart. When the two ships pulled apart, the force of the bowsprit extraction sent shockwaves through Guerrier's rigging. Her foremast soon collapsed, and that brought the mainmast down, and, and Guerrier was now dismasted. It was an unmanageable hulk, <laughs> with close to a third of her crew wounded or killed while Constitution remained largely intact. The British surrendered. Using his heavier broadsides and his ship's sailing ability, Hull had managed to surprise the British. Adding to their astonishment, many of their shots rebounded harmlessly off Constitution's hull. An American sailor reported, <laughs> he said, Huzzah! Her high sides are made of iron! <laughs> 
and Constitution acquired the nickname Old Ironsides. The battle left Guerrier so badly damaged that she was not worth towing to port. The next morning, after transferring the British prisoners to the Constitution, Hull ordered Guerrier burned. Arriving back in Boston, Hull and his crew found the news of their victory had spread fast and they were hailed as heroes. Oh, just a note to make sure I don't lead anybody astray. That British ship of the line, HMS Victory, is actually the oldest military ship in the world still in commission. It was even launched 32 years before the USS Constitution was. The difference is the USS Constitution is still afloat and in service. The HMS Liberty is in permanent dry dock. <laughs> so the most accurate way to say this is the U.S. Constitution is the oldest warship still in commission and still in service and still afloat. Hey, thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, you are learning the truth. Tell your friends, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry. <laughs>